This is Power 1 and 2 Digital, the Power Breakfast Show podcast series. After the hour, 8 o'clock, on this the second to last day, the month of September, the 29th day, that is. Thank you so much for joining us on the Power Breakfast Show, the third hour. Thank you so much to Champlain Auto Services, a part of our 8 o'clock news brief. Check out Champlain Auto. They're on the Eastern Main Road, opposite Carrier Brewery. Cannot miss them whatsoever. You cannot, cannot, cannot. Can't miss the sign. Nuh-uh. Anything to do with your vehicle. They do fleet management as well. Tons of accessories. Tons. Anything. They do it all. Give them a call. Telephone number. 662-6545. Like them on Facebook or follow them on social. Right, so thank you so much, Champlain Auto Services. Ah, boy. Take a look what's happening traffic-wise. Usual routes in San Fernando. You've got some traffic. Creek's a bit busy this morning. Traffic again on the solo from Coover towards Shaguanas. Taking the southern main road from Coover towards Chaseville Village. Also a bit heavy. Um, southern main road to Chinchin Road in Shaguanas. Yeah, got it. And by Charlieville. Before Monroe Road, you've got traffic heading towards the Churchill Roosevelt Highway. Heavy from the Sangagrani police station heading towards the creek. But then your traffic is really going to pick up from Payaco. And that's going to take you straight into Port of Spain. Out of Maraval, still heavy. Dago is easing up a bit. Eastern Main Road. Yeah, usual spots, okay? That's quick traffic update for you. Hope I helped you out in one way or the other. All right. All right, so we're back in. Let me get my guest online. And that would be Mr. Brian. Manning, Minister Brian Manning. And of course, don't forget our morning poll. You can vote on it until tomorrow. Do you support prisons 60 years old and over having to pay to use the Tobago Ferry? Right, that's our poll. So far, the yeses. They've got it. All right. All right. So Richie Rich, Paul Richards. As I get my guest online. Mm-hmm. Let me get uh, Mr. Manning online. He's waiting as I speak. Talk about single sell ticket search. He going by the market. I, I don't, that's what he's doing. No comment. No comment. No comment. Anyway, good morning to you uh, again. Uh, we're standing by to have a conversation mm-hmm. with Brian Manning. Was he's the uh, minister in the Ministry of Finance? Yeah, he is. So, you'll have a, a direct insight into the. Uh, rationale and reasoning behind many of the provisions we've seen in Liboji. That's my version of French, by the way. Really? Was that it? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. What you could do better, Hasha. Just saying. I know you like to jump out now. All right, I'm not. I know you're waiting, but uh, I'm not getting him at all. 
Well, I can take this opportunity <clears throat> to um, indicate the winner of our tickets yesterday. Um, it was very um, competitive. People were guessing all kind of plays. And the question was simply, in which play, uh, RSRR production play, did Cecilia Salazar play a nun? Cecilia and Salazar. And the answer was... A nun? The, she played a nun. Nun? The answer was... She actually played a mother superior. The answer... A lot of people were saying Sound of Music, but it wasn't that. Um, RSRR productions never... Never... Um, never did sound of music but the answer actually was doubt the play doubt in which um it was actually a movie with meryl streep and um philip what's that guy's name the other actor he's dead now it was meryl streep and him with cecilia salazar and i played it. i was a priest and she was mother superior imagine that you are real good actor, the, but you're a priest imagine that yeah princess dolanon was the novice nun and um, Deborah Buku Mason played the part that Viola Davis would have played in the movie uh, of the mother of the son um, that the priest is being accused by the Recording nun Recording in progress that, that she's interfering with that he's interfering with the boy with this particular boy <clears throat> but the play is called Doubt because you never know for sure whatever happens and so it's a very interesting play very riveting and okay. so our winner is Cindy Khan Mute. So, Cindy Can Mute, you are the winner. You were the first person to correctly guess doubt as the play in that was the answer to the question. So, congratulations to Cindy Can Mute. She is the winner of the two tickets for the Play Greedy People this weekend. All of right, course, Cindy Can Mute, you're the winner for Greedy People this weekend at Cipriani College. All right. Morning, Brian Manning. Hello, good morning, everyone. How are you doing? We are good. How are you? Morning. Good morning, good morning Brian. Yes. Wonderful. Morning, I say I'm on Saturday with beautiful wife. She lifts your image so much. <laughs> that's, that's what I tell her all the time. Well, that's what she tells yeah, me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> you, so you can you actually see, you know, you know, when you were walking. It was like, wow. How did he get her? Wow. She's yeah. so beautiful. <laughs> I, I, I overachieved. <laughs> yeah, you are. You are clearly. Oh, boy. Good morning, Brad Manning. Good morning, uh, Mrs. Good morning, Manning. Good morning, Mrs. Not, Manning. She's not around this morning. Well, I'm sure she's listening. You know, she listens to give you your critique of your interviews. Come on. <laughs> she's a media person, so she's interviewed many like you before. Maybe that's how she got the insight how to snab you. <laughs> anyway, uh, budget 2022-2023 has been read. Uh, yeah. interest, in, in, in some ways, we just spoke to Dr. Roger Hussein, who lauded the government for having the, my words, testicular really? fortitude to, one, stick to the, the policy of weeding us off that, that uh, subsidy. My own words have always said... We've come to believe that the subsidy was an entitlement at some stage. It's not entitlement, it's a privilege uh, available in times of plenty, and we know at times of plenty now. So, I mean, he commended the government for that. He commended the government for dealing with Patrick you know, based on what he'd read, yeah. and some other comments. But he also had some uh, concerns about the decline in real GDP. He says, to be fair to, to, to the government, there's, no, uh, there's nothing that could have been done given the COVID pandemic, but since 2014, oh. real GDP has yeah. been declining significantly, except 2019, when there was a 0 0.01 uh, uptick. So yeah. he suggested we are in a depression uh, and we need to look at the structural issues that may be contributing to this. Yes, there were energy commodity price issues in 20, from 2014 onward. Yes, we have had a pandemic, but there are other countries that are not facing the same sort of economic decline under the same global conditions. Yeah, I, I'm not certain exactly which countries are those. If you look at what's going on, especially uh, throughout CARICOM, many of our Caribbean or CARICOM neighbors and in warm, loving embrace of the IMF right now. Trinidad Tobago is not. Uh, this budget, in my view, says to one and all that Trinidad Tobago is back in business. It's a far larger budget than it, than it was last year. It's about $58 billion. So that means the government is actually spending more and investing more 
in Trinidad and Tobago, and it's a, a budget that is designed for growth, but also protecting the most vulnerable amongst us. You know, and, and that. But the government is back in business because we have a we have not, energy commodity price buoyancy. Not, not the government, so Trinidad and Tobago is, is back in business. Trinidad and Tobago is back in business because we have an energy yes. commodity price uh, buoyancy for, for several geopolitical reasons that we have well articulated. Yes, and, and we were in a depression because of the collapse of those same uh, energy prices in 2014, 2016, and then again during COVID in 2020. We are an energy economy, whether we like that or not. And, uh, you know, in any country in the world, you have to engage in international trade along your competitive advantages or your strength. One of our strengths is that we are an energy producer. For example, Tobago, one of their strengths in terms of diversification is their, their um, environment, their green, uh, clean, green and serene, but also they are located outside the hurricane belt, which makes them a prime location for yachting industry and building a marina. And that is why we are seeking to do that in Tobago. You have to be able to compete against your, your competitors along the lines of your competitive advantages. No argument here. But but we are we tomorrow, are we just benefiting because we all know about the, the, the gas out production output dilemma. We all know about the challenges in tourism. Yes. Uh yes, all the airport is being built. Right. Hopefully it will help and, and hotels. But are we really being competitive? Yes. Uh, you saw the growth in our non energy sector also. That is also an heart thing sign. We have um, grown so many programs designed to really improve SMEs, um, small businesses that we hope can really support and develop and expand our economy. And how successful have those been? Well, one second, let me, let me finish. We put more money in the pockets of poor people in this country by raising the limit on personal income tax to 7500 We reduced taxes on SMEs. We've, um, we've raised the debt threshold, I think, from 600000 to 700000 We've increased the subsidies to the most vulnerable in terms of water and electricity. All of those things were designed to put funds directly in the pockets of those that are, that are uh, most vulnerable and not to a very wasteful and very expensive fuel subsidy. So we reduced the fuel subsidy, but we increased the, the amount of, of assistance that some of the more vulnerable persons of society have been receiving or will receive from the state. Some would suggest that the compensatory effect of those almost net them off because on one hand, they're they already facing, uh, according to some economists, almost a one-third increase in food prices because of the inflation. Over, the government has no control over that, clearly, because we, have, we yeah. import a lot of our food. And it's it's important, yes. Yeah, and the demand is great all over the world, so, and the freight costs, etc. So on one hand, yeah. the population is battling with that side of it, and on the other hand, yes, as you said, there are some incentives or some facilities in the budget that make a little more disposable cash available to the lower socioeconomic groups. How is that yes. moving them forward? Yes. How is that moving that those vulnerable groups yeah. forward? But, as opposed to so threading right. water, as some would suggest. Barely threading water at so that. We are allowing um, persons to, to make better choices. Food prices have gone up, of course, as you said, uh, through imported inflation. But, you know, there are choices. We can choose to grow, I'm sorry, to consume, sorry, more local produce. And that's something that we have been championing from day one. Um, there are choices in terms of transport. You can choose how often you're going to travel or, or use... Right, Minister Manning, you cannot choose how often you're going to travel when you have kids to take to school and you have to go to work. Well, some, some uses will be fixed, of course. But, of course, we don't only use our motor vehicle to go to work and go to school. Right, so we, other, we primarily um, do because because we have a poor public transportation system. Yes, but there are other options. There. There's carpooling. There are other vehicle options that you can use to reduce the amount of fuel that we use. But if the, the fuel subsidy remained in place, there was no incentive to do yeah, any of those things. We're not talking about the fuel subsidy. Hold on. We, we, hold on. Mm -hmm. The children complain about traffic. They complain about pollution. They complain about the uh, forex. But motor vehicles in this country are, are a large consumer of forex. They are a huge source of, of solution. And of course, if there's no, if we have cheap cars and cheap fuel, clearly we're going to have more and more traffic. So something had to be done. Well, the, the traffic 
is because people have to, to drive in many cases. The, the, the number of cars on the road has ballooned over the last, this is not his government's fault or responsibility yes, only, but, because but, but we have why, a poor public transportation why, system. Why have the number of cars ballooned? It's because we've had cheap cars and cheap fuel. If we didn't have those two things, it would not have happened. When I was growing up, my entire family had. So, so you don't think the public transportation inadequacy is, is a contributor to that? No, no, absolutely, absolutely, it can be improved. Um, our public transportation system. We do have maxi taxi system which works to a certain degree. But yes, of course, our public transportation system can be and is being improved. You, we, we were actually talking about the issue of food prices, and you said people have choices. Even the local produce is quite expensive now. Yeah, I mean, our, we removed... Well, that's how they alleviate food prices. If, if you choose local stuff and it's still expensive. Yeah, we removed VAT and import duties on many basic imported food items. We tried to bring costs down there. But, of course, we increased um, VAT on luxury food items, you know, like strawberries and champagne and whatever else. Those things yeah, are still heavily taxed. So we, we have done a lot in terms of what is available to us to bring food prices down in terms of imported. And also, we've been funding more and more agriculture, more education agriculture for our youth. We have what, a $300 million uh, fund at the Ministry of Finance, which um, is used to support farmers and local agriculture. So we've been trying to invest in local agriculture at the same time to also make our local farmers more productive and to bring down those costs. Of course, it's Has it resulted in, in increased agricultural output that we can measure, that we have measured? It has assisted, but of course, these things take time. You know, you're not going to see a massive bump in production or a double farmers overnight. You know, we had a system here where a lot of people did not want to go into farming, and it was, it was quite challenging for various reasons. So we had to try to change that around, get our young people involved in farming. Dr. Ollie himself is, is a, a, a agriculturist, I would, I would call him. So As a hobby. Agriculture is something, is something that, no, professionally also, he, he raised he both and his farm in, in Tobago. So, you know, we, we are seeking ways, and, and there is a focus within the government. And Fortunately, Dr. Ali has Minister, I, you know, Minister, I know that um, generally budgets um, look at the issue of how certain measures are going to affect the low-income um, part of the society. But I yeah. wanted you to... The middle class oftentimes is not mentioned in budgets. And the middle class is really the bedrock of the society. And the middle class oftentimes feels neglected or under attack in terms of prices and stuff that they shoulder. And I think it's probably where a lot of the migration out of the country is happening. Um, because uh, some, of, some members of the middle class don't see a future here in terms of crime and members of their family. What do you think there is in the budget that is there in the budget, this 2022-2023 fiscal budget, that gives optimism and hope to the middle class? Yes, well, one, the number one, um, I would say, vehicle for upward mobility in, in many societies is education. Uh, we've expanded the GATE program. Uh, we've also invested more in diversification. If you take a look at Phoenix Park, look at the manufacturing sector. All of these things have grown. There's the Marina and Tobago. We are expanding and diversifying our, our economy. And that in itself should produce more opportunities for our people, especially people who decide to qualify themselves, to make themselves, to avail themselves to these opportunities. So we are creating opportunities. We are making education more accessible to all, you know, whether middle class or not. And that is where, where you can see a growth in middle class. We don't believe in trickle-down economics. You see that scale all over the world. And that is why we decided to empower uh, the middle class and people in Trinidad and Tobago to avail themselves to education and training programs so that there can be some upward mobility. But the people of Trinidad and Tobago have to also decide that they're going to access these programs. As I tell anyone, especially during my office hours, if you want to make more money in terms of um, your, your work, your network, you have to be able to add more value to an economy. There's no such thing as a free ride in any economy. For you to make more, you have to give more. And that means you have to learn more. And that would be my recommendation to, to, to young people right now. Learn the skills of the future. Learn the skills that are extremely valuable. And leverage those skills in, in an economy that is growing and creating more opportunities for you. Do you think there is an issue of 
a crisis, I, I'm using the word crisis um, carefully, um, I'm just using that as an adjective for now, a crisis of confidence, um, particularly in the middle class, in the future of the country, because if you speak to a lot of young people who are going to university and stuff, I don't know if you do, or if you interface with them, the Gen Zers, so to speak, the Gen Zers, so to speak, a lot of them don't feel very optimistic about remaining in Trinidad. And you hear yeah, a lot yeah. of them talking about looking to leave and looking for opportunities outside. And of course, the world is becoming more global in terms of work. What what just, what is there in Trinidad to yeah. attract and keep not only that Gen Z population, um, but generally, do you think the government is doing a good job in spurring hope and confidence in the future of Trinidad and Tobago? They also have to realize that the world is a competitive place. Trinidad and Tobago is competitive. It doesn't matter where you go to in the world. If I earn a degree in whatever, there are going to be a, a thousand other people out there with similar degrees or better. So there is a, a, the world is a competitive place. You've just come out of a very difficult situation. As I said, we have energy economy, whether we like it or not. We've had economic shocks in 2008 with the financial crisis. 2014, where, where energy prices fell. I think oil was in 20-something dollars a barrel at that point. 2016, another sharp economic shock because of what was going on between Russia and Saudi Arabia. Then again in 2020, where oil prices fell to zero and then below zero during the COVID crisis. So we have come out of a very challenging period, and that would be reflected in the opportunities for our young people here and internationally. But Trinidad and Tobago is on a growth trajectory right now. We have been trying to work to stabilize our economy over the past years so that we can create a platform or a base, basis for growth. And we believe we have done so. If you look at the budget deficit, this is one of the lowest deficits. We almost balanced the budget, actually. One of the lowest deficits that we've had in maybe the past, um, I would say, since 2008. Uh, so we have been working gradually to really create opportunity in the economy without sacrificing our future with overspending. But you haven't actually answered my question. You know, you're, you're kind of just going through, you're going through the, the, the talking points of the budget from the government's lens. And I'm, I'm, but I'm asking you specifically, do you yeah. think that there is a crisis of confidence and optimism and hope, not only in Gen Zers, but generally, and has the government done enough to well, tackle and get the country optimistic? Well, we've, we've been hearing... So much bad news from many of the economic masqueraders, I call them. People masquerading as economic voices within the media who pretend to be independent, but are nothing more than opposition agents. I mean, you're throwing out some of the craziest statistics that I have ever heard, and we've had to vet all of these things. And I honestly think that, that even we at the Ministry of Finance can do a better job at giving the public the facts about our economy. And I guarantee you that during the budget debate uh, this week and next week, you're going to hear more facts. You know, because, they have, you know, when someone says that Trinidad Tobago has the 15th worst performing economy in the world, right, and then claims that this, that this ranking came from the IMF, we have meetings, regular meetings with the IMF, and they have never said any such thing. They have never said that, and they, have, they would never support any statistic that says that we are the 15th worst performing economy in the world, or some strange website that says that we are the sixth highest, the sixth highest crime rate in the world. That's not possible. We live in the same world with places like Yemen and Sudan and Mexico and Honduras and all and Ukraine and all these war-torn places. It's not possible for any logical person to believe some of this. So there has been a campaign of misinformation. And I would ask young people to do their own research because they know how to research on the Internet without falling for false information. And, the, and you will see that Trinidad and Tobago is one of the better performing economies in the world and was maybe the first or second best performing economy in CARICOM last year. And going forward, and our prospects are quite bright, especially if our energy prices stay where we expect them to be, which was, what, $90 a barrel, I think you pending that, and $6 per MMBTU in terms of gas. If those energy prices stay at that level for the next two years, I promise you that you're going to see uh, a very progressive and growing Trinidad today, and one that creates opportunities for our young people. Well, we just had a conversation with Roger Hussain, um, economist Roger Hussain, and he was indicating from a data point of view, and he brought up a graph and stuff, and he's saying our real GDP um, has really declined by 20% from, I think, was he, did he go back to 2012? I can't remember. Paul, can you remind me? 
Um, yeah, let, when I would say to people like like Roger Hussein, who's actually a, a from 2014, guy, from 2014 to guy, 2021, yeah, he's saying that real that's GDP declined by 20 percent, and 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 well, he provide he provided a data sheet. I I don't know if you want he to dispute his, that, his but if it if it right. is that he's accurate, and he believes that he is accurate in looking at the data that our real GDP has declined by 20 percent, how does I, the, I would say, the I would say to Dr. Hussein and others to please check your calculations because we deal with the international agencies and the international rating agencies on a regular basis and they do not agree with their own personal calculations. I want to remind you right, that much of our CARICOM or many of our CARICOM neighbors are in a warm, loving embrace of the IMF right now. The IMF has forced them to reduce their public service by, by 10 to 15% in some cases and they've been harsh and austere measures to manage their economy. I want to remind you, we just came out of a COVID crisis where our energy prices fell to zero. Were there any mass layoffs in our public service? Did our public service not get paid on time every month, even when they were at home? Are there any mass layoffs now? Are we not offering salary? Well, well I, I, I'm ready. What I really was, the conversation I really wanted to have was, one, mm -hmm. from 2014 to 2021, as I said, Roger, who signed out, who signed, did say that our real GDP declined by 20%. Um, and, I don't, I I don't know if you're... Those numbers I don't... are incorrect. They are incorrect. So you're saying that's not correct? Others. I'm saying that it's incorrect, and they should check their calculations, and that the international rating agencies, which are independent, do not agree with their personally contrived numbers. It is incorrect. So our real GDP has not declined we, since 2014. We, we, it has declined, but it, it cannot be that we are the 15th worst performing economy in the world. Which is well, I'm not talking Dr. about 15th worst performing economy. And I'm just, so that, what is the rate of decline I, then? If, if Dr. Hussain is wrong, what is the rate of decline I, from 2014 to I, 2021? No, well, I, I don't have that exact GDP number with me, but I'm saying that Dr. Hussain has been the one that said that we have the 15th worst performing economy in the world. But I'm saying to you, we don't even have the 15th worst performing economy in CARICOM. So whatever calculation he is doing, I would ask him kindly, but I do respect his opinion, to check his calculation because they cannot be true. Okay, the entire world declined in terms of economy and, and added debt to GDP ratios during COVID because you had to borrow money to function because there was no economic activity activity taking place. And as I said, with energy economy, there was a sharp downturn in 2014, 2016, 2020. But Trinidad Tobago is now projected on a growth trajectory that has been confirmed by the IMF, World Bank, SP, all of these international independent rating agencies. There was one economist... So if you, okay, so if you recognize there is some decline in our GDP, I'm not going to say it's 20% because you're disputing that figure, um, but you don't have... It has uh, been a decline. Yeah, but you don't, you don't have... Uh, you don't have at your hand... No, um, I don't the, have what, what, what the actual figure is. But is it, that you, what, is it that you think that the government's measures in this fiscal is, when I, and I suppose moving forward is going to get our GDP back up. Now, of course, I know a lot of the health of the economy, um, at least that's the sense you get, is dependent on the prices of the commodities in the energy sector, which, of course, is absolutely out of our control. Um, that's influenced yeah. by factors outside of Trinidad and Tobago in large part, or in all part, basically. Um, so what's the yeah, plan? A lot of our growth, a lot of yeah. our growth is dependent on government's targeted spending on improving our revenue earning capacity, our infrastructural projects. If you look at, at what the budget, um, what's said in the budget statement, we're investing money in housing in Trinidad deliver. Very important. Infrastructural projects, local government projects. We're spending a lot of money in these areas to really develop the um, revenue generating capacity of our country. We have been investing money in terms of our manufacturing sector which is our second largest revenue earner in terms of foreign exchange in Trinidad and Tobago. So we have been investing in new areas like in Phoenix Park. We are inviting an entirely new industry there. There are other parts, other parts of our economy that we have been seeking to develop. And that is where the growth will come. Like we, it couldn't grow during a global pandemic when it was dangerous for two people to be in a room and not, and not much could have gotten done. Of course, there was a decline. If energy prices fall to zero, there's going to be a decline in GDP. And that occurred worldwide. It wasn't just Trinidad and Tobago. So the, this budget has been designed to, one, support the poor by, by taking money from that wasteful fuel subsidy, investing it directly into targeted programs for the most vulnerable 
and also investing in the revenue generating capacity of our country to create jobs, create opportunities, and also provide housing for our people. So that is that is the sensibility and the strategy of this um, of this budget. And it's something that I said too many of our economic masqueraders, I believe we still to acknowledge and you have to ask them why. Yeah. So a lot of those major infrastructure projects, I think are you talking because I think um I know, I know some of the commentators that we spoke to um, would have indicated that a lot of the, a lot of what was indicated in the budget was, well, I shouldn't say a lot, but some of the things that were indicated in the budget are things that have been repeated before and repeated before and repeated before, and that there sometimes is an issue of implementation in terms of achieving what you say you're going to achieve in the budget. Would you agree with that statement, or do you think that the government has a good implementation record of what they see in any fiscal it's period not, they're going to actually achieve? It's not just implementation. I hope you reminded this person that the budget is, a, is an allocationary process. We allocate money to certain projects, but we just came out of a two-year COVID crisis. We could not have implemented several of the, of the projects that we had in mind because there was a, a ban on construction. You couldn't leave your home. Now, you couldn't go to the office, yet everyone still got paid. Everyone in the public service still received their salaries. There were no mass layoffs. Right now, you're seeing mass layoffs throughout the entire region because the IMF has, has mandated that. The IMF has actually produced a, a financing product for countries like the CARICOM countries and other around the world that have been so heavily impacted by state-year debt instruments where there are no payments for the first 10 years. And then debt payments start after... Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah, but okay, I get, I get you, I get you, and I know, I know, I know you keep repeating those points, but, so I get, I get, yeah, I get, I get the need to repeat them <laughs> from, you know, the narrative of it, but in terms of, let's look at digitization, are you satisfied, are you satisfied that the digitization process is moving as quickly along as it needs to. Yes, you have to understand it's a massive undertaking, our digitization process. The primary function of that right now is to ensure that the people of Trinidad and Tobago have access to government services online. We've already started the Ministry of Finance to make payments to various stakeholders electronically, which is a, a huge leap. Uh, you can now better access more services online. That is our primary goal in terms of digitization. It's a huge undertaking to move from the analog um, society that we once lived in into a fully digital society that is, that is prepared for a digital age. I would say that Minister Bacchus and his team have been doing human service to really convert and transform this country into one that is a, a regional leader in terms of adopting technology. It's something that we have to do and something that is doing, and I believe that we are doing uh, quite a good job in terms of, of, of working on that transformation. But of course, it's one that can always be improved. It, it is a, a challenging process, and it is one that is, is moving along as quickly as you possibly can. I know last in the last budget statement, the Minister of Finance would have identified the e-identification um, in the 2020-2021 budget. No, sorry, 2021-2022 budget. He had, he had talked about the e-identification system and I, and I can't remember what the timeline he, he was that he indicated then. I think it was for the end of this year, um, but that has not materialized. Um, yeah. Is that going to materialize in the near future? Because I see he's mentioned it again as part of the digitization yeah. platform. I, I don't have data on that right now, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be presented during the budget debate next week from the Ministry of our Digital Transformation. They will give you an update on exactly where we are with that um, that uh, initiative and uh, they let us know exactly you know where we are all right great well Brian Manning thanks so much for having a conversation with us this morning we appreciate you taking the time to speak with us on the power breakfast show you know you know I'm always willing to speak with you guys in spite of Paul and his behavior <laughs> you know I'm always willing to come and talk and chat to the people of Trinidad Tobago and, and what behavior is that opportunity. <laughs> what, what behavior is that Minister Manning Paul Mobilang behavior. That, I don't know. My uh, Mobilang, first show, of all, you call it the, 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 in, a, the, in a good mood, <laughs> trying to be nice to people, and Paul always riling me up. I don't understand. Uh, it should not be that easy for me to rally up your seasoned <laughs> government. <laughs>
seasoned senior government minister who is well trained. To use your phrase earlier on, when you said the other countries were in the warm embrace of the IMF, you have a better yeah. embrace. You shouldn't be easy to rile. <laughs> Not at all. I actually enjoy coming on this program because. I believe you guys asked the most uh, you, and, and, and challenging You want us to sing Kumbaya? We, can, we have to challenge you because that is what some <laughs> of the people... We are just relating what the narrative by some people are out there, you know. So we could come and Absolutely. say, Brian, no, it's I, a great budget. It's a fantastic budget. Everything is wonderful. The government well done, is doing amazing. You. Oh, my God. Best government ever. Is that what you want? No, no, I actually appreciate the question. Exactly. Yeah, and you get a chance to answer always, what, what people have been throwing at the government since the budget has been read. I always make myself available to appear on the show. One, and I, and I honestly believe that the Ministry of Finance, and I would say that publicly, we need to do a better job at putting the right information out there because there are too many economic masqueraders that are just feeding people False information. That's the second time you use that phrase this morning. I feel we hear that a lot in the next six months. I'm, I'm going to use it in the, in the budget. Economic masqueraders. Word of the day. They're pretending to be one thing, but we all know there's something else. They're masquerading. But Minister, masquerading be, be, Mr. Minister, before you go, we have a message from someone in San Fernando, and this is regards to the the housing uh, development that's come up in San Fernando, I believe it's on Todd Street. Yeah. Right, and they're saying that in that vicinity, there are six schools which on morning and evening causes total chaos um, in the central and San Fernando West area. Um, yes. So they pretty want, much want to know, is anything going to be done about that? Well, it's something that we can look into. We can speak to the, uh, the police service and the mayor's office about traffic patterns and changing them so hopefully they can be... Um, address to alleviate some of that challenge, just like we did with the Taruba um, intersection there. Uh, we have just uh, changing the traffic patterns there. We have alleviated a lot of the congestion that needs to take place in that area. So it's something that we can look in, look into. Sorry, I can ask them to please if you can uh, call our office or send us a message on our Facebook Messenger page. Um, Brian Manning, MP, San Fernando East. We'd be more than willing to take a look at the issue and maybe even engage San Fernando West in addressing that issue. All right. Good. Thank you so much, Minister Brian Manning. All the best to you and your family. Thank you, gentlemen. Please have a wonderful day and all the best to Nana Tobago. Uh, don't take on the economic masqueraders. <laughs> yeah, you have any news to tell us, by the way, for uh, Grandma Manning? Say that again? Why are you, why are you in the man business? <laughs> I was trying to poke at you. I was trying to jump on at you. Don't let Steve drag in. No confusion. <laughs> Understand? Uh, Gentlemen, all, do have a good day. All the best to you. Take care. Thank <laughs> you once again. Brian, you know what he wants to know? I, I, I have a feeling that I'm... I, I he wants to know if Auntie is going to get grandchildren soon. That's what oh, he asked He wants to mind your business. You yeah, know, I, I threw a punt and then, and then I decided to go, Brian, anything you want to tell Grandma man. Manning? None, let, let the phone cut off now and save yourself. None of you are more anxious than Auntie Hazel, okay? So just calm down. Wow, like you're looking at that boy. <laughs> He's saying a word there, boy. Day and night, day and night. <laughs> uh -uh. So when you get a chance to the Ministry of Finance work, you see? <laughs> no wonder the parents is a productivity down in disciplined <laughs> workforce. That, that's my second job right there. <laughs> <laughs> Have a great day, Thank you so much, man. All the best to you. All, all the best, gentlemen. Have a great day. All Thank right, you. all the best. Boy, Recording all you stopped. like the true thing, eh? I just say one little thing. Well, come on. I know, Auntie. Is he waiting for that grandchild? I know that, too. Exactly. Can't wait. So he said, you say, you read it here first. Brad Manning is working on it. Morning and night. Day and night. So I suppose we could open up the lines at this point because we have a few minutes before yeah, we... Yeah, I want to take a break first. Though. Have a song. Yeah. All right. So let's take a quick break. Be right back. Do you need to get work done on your vehicle? 
Look no further than the auto champions. Champlay Auto Services, from vehicle inspection to shutdown service, they do it all. Champlay Auto Services, great mechanics and technicians, exceptional customer service with accessories galore. Champlay Auto Services is your one-stop shop. They are your auto champions. You name it, they can fix it. Champlay Auto Services, Eastern Main Road, opposite Carib. Call 662-6545 and like us on Facebook. Champlay Auto Services, we do it all. Every Sunday, enjoy brunch at the Cascadia Hotel for an introductory price of only $99. Brunch time runs from 10.30 a.m. to 3.00 p.m. Kids 5 and under, accompanied by an adult, eat for free. So bring the entire family and enjoy in this delicious feast every Sunday at the Cascadia Hotel. Don't miss out. Call 235-4554 and make your reservation now. Brunch at the Cascadia Hotel for an introductory price of only $99. Special conditions apply. All right, so we're back 47 minutes after the hour of 8 o'clock. We take a couple of calls at 222-8255 and toll-free North Americans 866-525-1099. Good morning. Good morning. Yes, good morning, good morning, gentlemen. Good program as usual. Good morning, thank yes, you. I was, I was listening to I was listening to the minister. One of the first things that I was surprised about is when he said that the government had um, expanded the gate program. So I was a bit surprised with that one because I knew the gate program was always there. It was shut down, and then some aspect of it was reopened. Well, to be fair, it wasn't shut down. They had. They, they, they contracted it and right. made the eligibility criteria different. Mm-hmm. So it, wasn't, it wasn't shut down. Okay, great. It wasn't shut down. It was modified. But it was modified, precisely. Right. So it wasn't shut down. That's, you, that's unfair. If, if you brought back some aspect of it, can we say that it was expanded? Well, it was restored. Some aspects were restored. I think, expanded. It, 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 I think it was exactly. for certain... It was expanded. It, it expanded for tech rock and, yeah, and matriculation certain, and some, some areas of matriculation, yes. Yeah, for some certain so, things, yeah. It wasn't expanded in terms of exactly, the, the regular degrees and, and you know. Uh, but it was expanded in some ways, Taking away yeah. the means test is used, no, it wasn't anything like that. So, so listen, so if you had a three-lane high, you had to bring it down to one lane. And then they brought it back to two lanes. They didn't bring it back no, to two lanes. No, but that's not that's not fair to be that's not fair because you could not matriculate from some tech work subjects into gate. You could not matriculate right. from some certificate programs into gate. So really and truly, expansion expanded, is an appropriate word. All right, this is it was expanded. This was expanded. Okay. Then. Yeah. I, I was me personally was a bit confused about that to say that it was expanded, but then you explained it that. So it was, it was but, like, but you know, politicians yeah, will say it in a way that it will sound like, oh my God, we had $50 billion more dollars. But to exactly. be fair, it's an accurate statement. It has been expanded past what uh, made you eligible for GATE before some categories. So it was expanded so in that way. Expansion to me is if you actually added more to, to how it was before. Well, you, you, added more car- you added more categories of eligibility. So it's an expansion. Yeah, it might be expansion the way you think about it, but it's an expansion. But you, but you shut some down because it yeah. was back to the full state of Well, the let's go back to the word. It was modified. It was modified. Okay, thank you very much. We're just dealing with semantics here. <laughs> Thanks, yeah. Colin. Political semantics. Well, you know who you're dealing with, politicians. You're dealing with, very expert. Thank you. Good morning, caller. A lot of calls. Short and sweet. Good morning, gentlemen. Morning. I think digitization should move a lot faster. Uh, Dr. Hussein said, well, you know, we have uh, funds and what have you, uh, issues with that and all what have you. The whole point of digitization is to move faster. And therefore, the one thing you want to move fast on is the thing that will make you move faster. So somehow I get the feeling that, you know, we grab these things that are being done in other places and then, you know, we wonder what to do with it. I think we are wondering. Otherwise, these things, you know, are not really hard to do, you know. And, and we have people here. What know. does that mean that it's not hard to do on a well, national scale? Uh, so you're talking about a national thing. scale? And I am playing defender for the minister, but what do you mean is not hard well, to do? Those it, are very I am not 
I myself, I am not defending for the minister either. But um, in fact, I didn't hear what he said. I got back in while he was in the end stages of defending. Um, but I am saying that it's equipment, it's hardware and software and training, right? And you give the necessary level permissions and so on, and people have access and, and they do it. We have digitization in the banks and private businesses and, you know, insurance companies and all over the place and working fine. So we are clear that it is not difficult to do uh, at the various ministries. And, and we see it dragging on and on and on forever. And you get the feeling like, you know, we're treating it like everything else at the government level, where people have a job and they come and once they come enough times for the month, they get paid and there's no kind of push. You know, there's a kind of reluctance that is highly accepted in the government affairs. Uh, and I think that if we're really getting, want to get serious to deliver... You know what I think? I don't know if you agree right, with me. Thanks. I think one of the issues with thanks the digitization... Yeah. Don't cut him off yet. Oh, one, of the issues, one of the issues is that there's an absence of information on the progress being made. <clears throat> so we don't, have, we don't get a report, okay... We're going through these five stages to implement digitization. And unless we ask Minister Bacchus on, on our portal alone, we don't get a national account of what, if, what phase we're in and when we can expect completion of phase A, B, C, and what that means to the population. I think that is one of the main issues. The absence of information is part of the issue. Good morning, caller. Good morning. Going once. Twice. Good morning. Next. Good morning. Hi. Gentlemen, good morning. Morning. Um, I wanted to bounce an idea off of, of, of you all as it relates to the public servants. Are you willing to entertain me? Yeah, quickly, though. All right. If it is the government could find a mechanism to reduce the mortgages of, of the public servants in terms of HDC, people who have HDC mortgages, as well as maybe getting together with the financial sector to see if they can reduce the ones that are, are, are privately held, thereby putting more disposable income in, in terms of the private sector, in terms of the public servant, as well as to be able to offer them some one-off payment in terms of NEL, whereby that they may be able to get some additional income from that investment. I wonder if that is worth considering and if Mr. Richards would probably ask one of his, his colleagues on the government side, um, is that feasible so that the public servants could get a little extra money to, to, to help them offset their expenses? Well, right. thank you. After asking them is one thing, getting the answer you want is another thing. But, I, but you're looking at creative ways of dealing with the, the, wage, the, the wage negotiations, I'm presuming. So... I guess that's where you're heading, and I, yeah, they're, they're more creative ways than just more more um, percentages and 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 which we down to more money when on a on a on a larger scale. Even if you get seven percent with a thirty percent increase in the price of food and transportation, what is the net net effect on that in the long term or the medium term? All right. Good morning, caller. Morning, gentlemen. Morning. Good morning. All I'm hearing about is food price high, poor, poor, and, and, and children. Two children. If you have two children and you send them to university, that alone breaking the bank. They want to make a set of children and then want the government, blame the government for stuff. How you get poor? You're born, you go to school, you finish primary school, you sit down on your butt and you don't continue your your education or help yourself. That is how you get poor. Then they want to blame the government for that. Now they want to um, protest by the um, parliament building. Rowley must go before the cause of food price. Dr. Rowley don't have no grocery store. Go and protest by the grocery store. He can't help with the price. He can't help the grocery store to carry down the price. Go there. And Mr. Embud, I would like him to tell Trinidad how much they borrow, how much they owe, 
how much you still have to pay back, and then they will know why the budget is going how it is. There is a saying that the um, treasury was empty when they get there. Then came COVID. Then we all are alive, most of us are alive. We did better than other countries. Mr. Amber, just tell them now, please, how much money you all borrow, how much you all, all right, pay back, thank you. how much you all still owe. And that will end all the drama. Thank you. Thank you. Good morning, caller. Good morning, caller. <laughs> morning, 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 everybody. Morning. I hear a caller me name early this morning, boy. Um, from Florida. <laughs> hey, um, to the people in Florida, boy, and Cuba. I hope everything is well, and I hope everything go all right. So I know Cuba in a state right now, and Florida in a mess too. So I pray that everything will come fine and government deal with all this in a very rapid manner. Now, I listen to these economists and them. Mariano, the one this morning, this one, that one, that one. I, I want to know if all of them went to a different school or, or something. Because everybody will be saying something totally different. What is the truth about the whole thing all The police said, I have because, no idea. Because because this morning I listened to this one just talk about the shutting of petroleum was good, the removal of the subsidy was good, the this was good, <laughs> the that was good. And then on the other hand, different economists now saying something totally different. So who to believe in this country, boy? Where is right and where is wrong? Who to really believe? If it's PNM is right, if it's UNC wrong, if it's UNC right, if it's PNM is wrong? Who to really believe in this country? All right. Thanks, Mr. Patrick. All right. Take a quick break. Be right back. Every Sunday, enjoy brunch at the Cascadia Hotel for an introductory price of only $99. Brunch time runs from 10.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. Kids 5 and under, accompanied by an adult, eat for free. So bring the entire family and enjoy in this delicious feast every Sunday at the Cascadia Hotel. Don't miss out. Call 235-4554 and make your reservation now. Brunch at the Cascadia Hotel for an introductory price of only $99. Special conditions apply. It's hot, hot, hot. Furniture Plus September mattress sale is sizzling. Get therapeutic mattresses starting from just $999. Plus, free gifts when you buy select Serta and Sealy mattresses. Available with cash and higher purchase plans. Check press and social media for details. All right, gentlemen, this is where we wrap it up for this Thursday. Where are you going? Yeah, so have a fantastic day. Just reminding people that um, Greedy People is on this weekend, Saturday and Sunday, Saturday at 8.30, Sunday at 6.30 at Cipriani College. Of course, tickets are out. Tickets are available at all our usual outlets. You can check um, RSRR Productions on Facebook or on Instagram for further information. Um, so you can get your tickets today. And the box office at Cipriani College opens today from 12 noon to 6 p.m. Have a fantastic day. And, of course, congratulations to Syndicat Mute, who was our winner of the giveaway tickets yesterday. Have a great one. And remember to smile and laugh. It's great for your health. Have a great day. Be safe. All right, gentlemen. All the best to you guys. Folks, keep it locked on. Sir Charles, he's here already, raring to go as usual on this Thursday. Thank you for choosing Power Water 2 Digital. Listen every weekday for our live show starting at 6 a.m. Remember, like, share, and subscribe. Power 102 Digital.